Welcome. I'm Paul Bishop, your host for this installment of Six Gun Justice Conversations. These are weekly bonus downloads where my co-host Richard Prosh or I get to hang around the virtual Six Gun Justice podcast water cooler, talking with friends and fellow writers who are also fans of the Western genre. With me today is Terrence McCauley, whose career I've watched blossom from the days when we were both writing novels in the fight card series of Boxing Wars through a successful excursion into the realm of espionage techno-thrillers, and now into the pages of Six-Gum Western Action. Hello, my friend. Hey, pal. How are you? I am great. You seem to be going great guns in Westerns these days, starting, of course, with your award-winning Aaron McKay Westerns, Where the Bullets Fly, and Dark Territory. Why the change from espionage to Westerns? I had written Prohibition. I had written a sequel to Prohibition called Slow Burn. I didn't have a publisher for either of them, but I enjoyed writing so much. I decided that the best thing I could do was try to change it up a little bit. Now, again, keep in mind, I hadn't even published a short story at this point. So I went ahead and wrote a Western just to get it out of my system. And that was the prototype for what ultimately became the Aaron Mackey series. It's funny, after I got Prohibition and Slow Burn published, my publisher at the time said, do you have anything that's modern? And I said, well, I have an idea for a spy thriller. And that's how the University series was born. So you were blindly struggling on like most of us do with no publisher, just writing because you loved writing with the hope at some point that you would find a publisher for all of this? Exactly right. Then in 2008, I got a cup of coffee and a sleeve said, sign up for the next great crime writer contest. I sent Prohibition in and a few months later that wound up winning and it helps jumpstart my publishing career. So that's why I got Prohibition started, then Slow Burn, and then I found an agent and the agent said, well, what else do you have? And I said, oh, I've got this Western, but I don't think anybody's going to want it. And he said, are you kidding me? One of my good friends is an editor over at Pinnacle, Kensington Books. They love Westerns. No one's writing them anymore. Send it to me. And sure enough, I thought something that was going to be sitting in my desk drawer for years wound up finding a home, and I couldn't be happier. Was that Gary Goldstein over at Kensington? It most certainly was. <laughs> he's a great guy. Oh, man, he is something else. He's really great. He could be gruff at times, but I'll tell you, I learned more about publishing in three emails with him than I had in my previous years uh, working. He reads everything, and he's a very thoughtful editor, and he's a good friend of mine, too, and I'm lucky to know him. Kensington are really keeping their end of the Western genre moving. It's really good to see they're in the mainstream and Westerns are selling, which they're not supposed to. I've always thought that, I've read this someplace else too, that Westerns were a victim of their own success. And that's because there was no quality control on them. In the 50s and 60s, everybody had a Western TV show on and it saturated the market. And Westerns at their heart are just like any other story. But in particular, I always akin them to submarine movies. Either someone's going to get shot, someone's going to get hunted, or someone is stuck in a jail and they're trying to get out, like the Alamo or Rio Bravo or something along those lines. And the same thing with a submarine movie. They're getting chased, they're chasing something, or they're getting depth charged. And there's only so much you can do with that formula. But if you challenge yourself, especially now that you're opening up to different things, and it's not just cowboys and Indians like in the 50s, I think people are starting to discover that Westerns are a far more diverse genre than anybody thought possible. There must be a new generation that is discovering Westerns, because it can't possibly be just all of the old guys still hanging on on their deathbed, still reading The Last of the Westerns. It's not. No. The market is too strong for that. 
exactly right. And it's not just the people whose grandchildren have taught them how to use a Kindle and they're downloading ebooks. No, I mean, that is not the case. There are a lot of people who are reading Westerns. There are a lot of women who read Westerns, too. Yes. And that's something that people don't understand. When I was writing the Prohibition series and when I was writing the, the University series, I told people in the, the mystery writing realm that I was going to start trying my hand at writing Westerns. And they all crinkled their nose and said, oh, Cowboys and Indian stuff? That's so boring. Oh, my grandfather used to read those. So even before I heard their criticism, Westerns I write aren't your typical white hat, black cat, good guys, bad guys, Westerns, because I don't think this kind of audience wants that kind of story. They want something that's a little bit more dynamic and a little bit more diverse, something more sophisticated, something more nuanced. You can have a Western that is a traditional story that has some romantic elements in it, some mystery elements too, but ultimately people are buying a Western, unless it's a Comac McCarthy Western, for a certain entertainment value. And if you stray too far from it, now you've jumped the shark and no one cares. But if you could stay within the lines, and those lines are a lot broader than people think, you can have a successful Western. I agree. And what you said about the women who read Westerns, with our Wolfpack Western series, we find that almost half the audience is female and they seem to like clean reads. And that's what we give them in Westerns. Yes, exactly right. I mean, you you don't have to be too predictable. You have to have certain elements. But as long as it's a a familiar enough genre, like, for example, I write about an army captain who was drummed out of the army named Aaron Mackey and his sergeant, who has become his deputy, whose name is Billy Sunday, who's an African-American soldier. So that's not your typical Western. But if you read Western history, there were plenty of African-Americans who contributed to the history of the American West. There was there's a story I just did for the Ralph Compton series where one of the main characters is a six-foot-tall African-American woman who was modeled after stagecoach Mary. And she's a real-life person, six foot tall, drank whiskey and smoked cigars, but she had her own wagon line for a while and delivered mail in Montana and in the West. So the history is there, and you're not pandering to people either. If you just do the research, and you'll see that 1950s television wasn't an accurate representation of what that era in our history was. And that's the thing, too. When you find something that a lot of people haven't stumbled upon, it's great from a writer's perspective to keep you going and to keep you interested in the genre. I found something similar to that with my Prohibition novel and Slow Burn. Once you start digging into what the 1930s in New York really was like, it's far more interesting than the Jimmy Cagney cartoon version that you see on TV. The 1950s television shows are great, but they're great for themselves, not in terms of history and not in terms of understanding what that ever it was really like. They didn't have showdowns at high noon on Main Street, but what looks good on television doesn't necessarily reflect reality. The actual history of the time is so much richer than what we've been led to believe by TVs and movies and some books. And it also fascinates me that truth is a matter of perspective. Your truth is different than my truth. But if you start applying that to Westerns, right, is the truth the history or is the truth the myth or the legend? And does the myth or the legend give you more truth about human nature than the actual history? So it's a fascinating juxtaposition for me. And and I love playing with that stuff in my writing. Yeah, yeah. That's what makes it rewarding for us as the artists and also for the reader, too. Some people who slam Wyatt are folks because they always portray him as a hero when there's some evidence that says he wasn't always the hero. Well, okay, you're not writing a nonfiction book here. You're writing a novel. So if you're going to play to the myth, okay, then you play to the myth as long as you're consistent. 
And if you're looking to tell just truth, there's something there too. But remember, it's a novel, not nonfiction. So it doesn't necessarily have to be accurate. And we're talking about art here, not reporting. So it should have some entertainment value as well. These are legends and books handed down from generation to generation. A grandfather gives his grandson a Louis L'Amour book, and that's how it keeps going. I don't really see the same thing happen in the mystery genre or elsewhere, but in the Westerns in particular, there's this sense of, I'm handing you something that you're really going to enjoy. Yeah, exactly right. The Oxbow incident has an awful lot of great themes to it, and you're actually learning about important social justice issues and fairness and right without being clubbed over the head with it, and you're enjoying a really great Western. And it also reflects the time. These were books that were written in the 40s and 50s. And you'll get a glimpse into how people project their current situation onto the Old West, if you will. Let's talk a little bit about your new Westerns that are coming out under the Ralph Compton banner. I've been working with Tom Colgan over there, and he's been fantastic. I signed a deal to do three independent Westerns with them, completely different from my Kensington Aaron Mackey series or anything else I've done in the Western genre. Ironically enough, I have six books coming out this year. When I lost my job in February and I didn't get a new job till May, I was just throwing myself into writing books and hoping that one of them would hit and maybe I'd be able to write full time. Then I got a job, thank God, relatively quickly, and I've been splitting my time between working full-time and then nights and weekends working on novels that we'll all do this year. So I bit off far more than I can creatively chew, but somehow with a lot of patience from my editors, wound up making it work. I had two books coming out in my Aaron Mackey series, Get Out of Town and The Dark Sunrise. And I have this other series with the Ralph Compton books. And they wanted me to do something independent of what I've done in the past. One had to be a stagecoach book. I just handed that in, actually, yesterday. It's tentatively called Siege at Hangman Station. Then there had to be one about a gunfighter. That one is called Ride the Hammer Down. That should be coming out later this year. And then the third one, which happened to be the first one that I handed in to them, it had to be a cattle rustling or a cattle drive book. So that one is called The Kelly Trail. And that's coming out in August. And that fits in with the Trail Drive Westerns. Ralph Compton started out writing when he originally broke into the scene. And those are really terrific books. Yeah, they really are. So in August, I'm going to have two Westerns with my name on them, which is really kind of exciting for me. Get Out of Town, which is the third Mackie Western, and then The Kelly Trail. That's fantastic. Congratulations. I'm really glad to see that you're making this kind of progress. And the fact that you're making it in Westerns even makes me more happy. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us, and hopefully we will be able to talk again soon. You got it. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the Six Gun Justice website at www.sixgunjustice.com for information on prior Six Gun Justice conversations, Six Gun Justice speed listens, and full-length episodes of the Six Gun Justice podcast, along with regularly updated reviews, articles, and interviews covering all aspects of the Western genre. Until next time, be kind to others, be kind to yourself, and never squat on your spurs. Adios. We're out of here.